I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. To another fantabulous episode. Today, we are talking about the 2021, so freshly released, American found footage supernatural horror film, as described by Wikipedia, Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin. I like your doll. What's her name? Yeah. That's a pretty name. Thanks. (laughs) You know, that was my mom's name. She used to live here a long time ago. She's still here. What did you say? She doesn't like you. Who doesn't like me? Wait, you... Yay! (laughs) So, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the seventh installment in Mm -hmm. the paranormal... Peril verse uh, is what I'm saying. <laughs> the verse of the multiverse of peril. Wait, is it called the peril verse, or did you make that up? I literally just made that up on the spot. I'm pretty proud of myself. That's excellent. <laughs> as as the producer of this show, I approve. Yes, that's all I ever want is validation. That's why I'm in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, put a yeah. gold star because you're validated. <laughs> Yay. Is it can we get a little twinkle like in the you know like a little twinkle star like a boop, whoop, for my, maybe, for my gold star? Oh, yeah. like a sound effect? Yes, please. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Beauty. So this film is directed by Williams Eubank, and it is written by Chris. Wow, did I not put another name? I just have Christopher and nothing else. It's Christopher Landon. Wow, we just have Christopher, comma. Uh, (laughs) I promise I'm sober. Okay, so this movie, it stars Emily Bader, Roland Buck III, what a name, Dan Lippert, Henry Ayers Brown, and Tom Nowicki? No, Nowicki? Nowicki? That's, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I haven't heard, have you guys seen these uh, people in anything? Were you familiar with them when you watched this or no? No. Nope. Okay. I I didn't know any. I mean, I know the people that made it. I don't know anybody that was in it. Okay. Well, the people that made it, what other things have they made in lightness? So... Christopher Landon did, um, he did Paranormal Activity 2, 3, and 4, but also directed Happy Death Day and the sequel and Freaky. Okay. Um, and Oren Pelly is the, like, original creator of the uh, Peril verse, <laughs> as we're <laughs> calling it, um, 
the paranormal activity peril verse. Okay. And I know this um, is all uh, produced under Bloomhouse. So mm-hmm. a very popular. Is it okay? Can someone tell me? I've never actually like listened to an interview, so I don't know how you say his name. Is it Bloom or is it Blum? I don't um, know the answer. Future Brian interrupting here. It is Blum. I watched a couple interviews. He barely says his name in any of them, but I believe it's Blum. I found one where he says it. It's Blum. Yeah, I Blumhouse. Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse. But I could definitely be wrong. I, I, it's just something I think about it all the time because, like, man, he, he's like one of the busiest producers. I see his name on everything, and I know that you know we are watching a lot of horror movies, but like, I just feel like I see him everywhere. Like, at least as of late, I don't, I don't know. He's really, you know, earning that money. In the last like decade, I guess it's, you always see at the beginning credits of horror movies, like his, you know, the haunted house things. And then, you know, Blumhouse, Blumhouse, however you would like to say, tomato, tomato (laughs) productions. And yeah. So he, it's just a, a lot of things under that umbrella of horror, but we're talking about this specific horror. So obviously spoilers are ahead. We are going to be talking all about paranormal next of kin, maybe some of the other paranormal activities in relation to this one. So just be aware if you are not familiar with this, please press pause, go and watch next of kin on Paramount plus. Press pause, watch eight films, seven films. <laughs> yeah, seven yeah films. it's that's you know, not it's not too bad. You know, we've been in quarantine for a while, we have learned how to binge accordingly. Mm-hmm. So, I think this is very um, you're, you're capable of doing this. I believe in you. So, go do that and then come back and <laughs> <laughs> listen to our thoughts on this uh, wonderful film with a capital mm-hmm. F. Are there any trigger warnings, <laughs> Jamie, for this movie? Um, I mean, there's a lot of violence, uh, bloody stuff at the end of this movie. Um, but I think even though I literally just watched it 24 hours ago, I, I can't remember, which I'm sure we'll, you know, get into. This is going to be a fun time, guys. You are in for a treat. Boop. Right. So before we get into it, is there anything else new in life? Uh, have you watched anything? I think we should uh, let the the listeners in on the fact that we have finally all met each other. Yay! Face to face. Oh, yeah! Real in-person friends. We're real in-person friends now. So we, uh, I'm with Hamilton in Philadelphia and that is where Brian and Jamie are living. And so we finally got to meet up on spooky season, which is really quite great how that worked out that, uh, I was going to be in Philly in October and Mm -hmm. we had a lot of spooky things. What do we do guys? So much. So we, we did an escape room together and we escaped spoiler alert. Well, we escaped. escaped. We won the movie. (laughs) <laughs> I may have made Nikisha go first in certain rooms because I was too afraid. <laughs> Which is fine because again, I will say I know my place in, in this group and I will be the the uh muscle and not the brains. I'm fine with <laughs> well, brains, no, we were... brains and the brawn. I'll be the brawn. It's my boxing in me. It's fine. 
we had to crawl through a little thing and there was a there was a body in there and i've been in escape rooms where they spook you and 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 she went first and then she was like poking it with a cane that we had and i was like are you sure it's not a real person you're like i'm hitting it in the face it's not a real person <laughs> the funniest thing is that i was like halfway in there and brian is just peeping <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get, but I was trying to go, but he wasn't moving. And I was like, hey, what's what's the hold up here, Bucko? <laughs> First of all, I like Bucko as a nickname. Second of all, <laughs> you're welcome. No, but, but also, I, I would also like to say that on Saturday night, we went to a haunted house and I went first through most of it. So I absorbed all the spooks for that one. You yeah. did. You took one for Good job. And that was that was a great time. <laughs> that was really good. The Fright Factory in South Philly was actually a really good horror experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely get the VIP tickets so you're not waiting in line. Oh, yeah. That's the only way to go. The mm-hmm. only way to go. But it was, mm-hmm. I mean, lots of twists and turns, lots of uh, variety of haunted spooks. Mm-hmm. There was a swamp at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was so cool where they do the... They do the, the fog and the lasers, so it looks like you're walking through. Not not like not like shooting lasers, but that's, yeah, you you know, I wanted you to add this stuff. <laughs> it's like lifesavers, you know. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll add a light. I'll add laser sound effects. Okay. Uh, yeah. What else? Oh, we saw our girl uh, Val Valak was in the the haunted house. Oh yeah, Val. <laughs> <laughs> shout, uh, out shout, out to Val. shout out to Val and then we also well we were supposed to go to what is it called the Bates Motel mm-hmm. Hayride which was like the attraction in Philadelphia yeah yeah but it was so, raining and we got rained out we got rained out but the escape room was pretty awesome that was what Gotham escape room in mm-hmm. Philadelphia mm-hmm. And uh, we did the spooky one. There's two, pick one. And but mm-hmm. y'all, y'all did both of the spooky ones. Yes? We did. We did both. Yeah, of them, we yeah. went back and did the other spooky, and we also escaped. Yeah, so, so what did you like better? I think I liked the one that we did together more. Okay. I like, um, I liked the theme, and I I love a good uh, like room that surprise opens up into another room. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like the 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 one we did with Nikisha was fourteen oh eight themed, so it was like hotel room, spooky. Um, mm-hmm. um, I agree with Jamie. Okay, what was the other? The other, one, the other one was good. Don't get me wrong; like the, we had a lot of fun in both. But I, I, I think the other one. It was. Um, we were the FBI, and we were trying to solve. We were trying to catch a serial killer, and so they sent us into his lair. <laughs> were there any other rooms, or it was just one room? It was multiple rooms, but you could see like where all the rooms were because there was a big glass door into mm-hmm. like the main room. Okay. It was locked when it started and then you had to figure out how to unlock it. Yeah, for sure. But I do love the ones where it's like, oh, it's a surprise that there's something else. I mean, I can't imagine mm-hmm. an escape room just being one room because I've only yeah. experienced like you got to go through all the things and all the hatchets and stuff open up, which is like makes the experience cooler. Totally. But was the time uh, less for the second time around or did we still have the, the better time out of the two of escaping? I, 
I think it was similar. They said like 40 something minutes. And I think in the other one, we also escaped. In the first one, we escaped with like 20 minutes to spare. Yes. We're just really smart. Y'all are really (laughs) Because, you know, we watched this week, Nikisha. What? We watched Escape Room Tournament of Champions. (laughs) How was that experience? I've not seen any of the escape uh, Escape Room movies. You mean the Escapeverse? No, that's not good. Escapeverse. That's what they're trying to do with those movies. Each one ends. The first one ends with like, "We're gonna get them this time," and then the the, the this one. Spoiler alert! This one ends with like like setting up one person as like the bad guy for like the next one and whatnot. But like, well, at least that were, was the virgin. The version we saw. I like. Didn't we see the? Oh, we saw yeah. like the alternate cut or whatever. So apparently, we did not know this, that the theatrical version is significantly different than the like extended version you can rent on Apple. So we rented it on Apple, and then Jamie read the plot summary and was like, this isn't what happened at all. And like, then we, is this a different movie? Or we, do we watch the same thing? Yeah. That's yeah. so random. So random. Um, yeah, but uh, it was not as good as the first one. The escape rooms in it were still, like, great. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I would relate them closest to Saw in that the, the like, surrounding, like, mystery and stuff like that is not as fun as the rooms are themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, the torture aspects of sure. Saw and how they would get out of those are more fun than, like, the detective trying to find out these things. This one, like is super fun like the rooms are awesome and watching them figure it out and work through them is way more fun than like you know watching these characters do stupid things that and make them end up in the room um and they're definitely setting it they're definitely setting it up like a saw where like there's like this big corporation that's like trying to like you know you know the the, like trying to take everyone down like they'll escape this room the tournament of champions like you know whatever and um (laughs) It's the yeah, boys so. for me. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all surfer dudes. Just yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah. what? We watch Hocus Pocus on Halloweenus. Uh, oh. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. Uh, Jimmy, what else did we watch? I think that was it. Yeah, we're catching up on what we do in the shadows, season three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the. That was some spooky stuff. Oh, I rented. It was 99 cent rental. We didn't watch it yet, but I rented Werewolves Within. Mm, that's right. Uh, yes. For mitzvah, spooky, spooky, scary. scary. Boys becoming is, men. <laughs> men becoming wolves. I don't know what that is. That's perfect. Yes. Oh, that's, that's 30 Rock. Oh. <laughs> like, what is happening? Okay. Fantastic. Well, let um, me know how that one is. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that one. Um... Yeah, what, did you watch anything? I did. So since I went as one of as Rochelle from the craft, I was like, let me actually watch this. It's been years since I've seen it. Uh, ditto Jamie on the racism. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at the racism, but yes, it was. I was like, wow. But as far as a whole, the movie still kind of like holds up as far as witchery is concerned. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was the the fashion you know the 90s fashion that's what you watch it for is it's all that so. um 
I we I we watched that. My, I that was my first time watching it during the pandemic. Jane, we rented it, and Jamie was like, "Got to watch this." I was like, "Okay." And I will say one thing: the <laughs> thing about the craft that does stand out to me is the subplot with the racism, mm. because I feel like movies, horror movies specifically, are very subtextual about their use of racism and how they do it. It's usually like an analogy to racism or yeah. it's an allegory for racism. But like, I feel like it had been a long time, you know, it, it, those like, what was it? Early, was it a 90s, 90s movie we said? Yeah. Like I feel like that just like didn't happen. Like the the they the the black character would just be the best friend or whatever and like they would like that you would just accept it but like I actually whether or not they did it well or made you uncomfortable or however they did it like that's a whole nother conversation. But the fact that they put it in the movie is just like kind of wild for that time in in some ways and I appreciated that I guess. I don't know if I'm explaining it well but like that's something you know, I definitely I, remember I, from it. Absolutely. And it's just so funny because the woman who played Rochelle, the black character would always, uh, <clears throat> there was a whole thing of a resurgence of the craft because I think like at, at one point MTV had asked like the girls to come as to present for something, but they didn't ask her. And so like she oh. was going off on a rant about like it being so awesome that she was this black female in the nineties in this horror movie when there were, weren't a lot of leads and like her mm -hmm. being on the cover, you know, with like Nev Campbell and all that stuff and like mm -hmm. being a, a part of the, of the lead cast. And, but originally the, her story was not supposed to be about racism. She was supposed to have bulimia and hmm. I don't oh. remember why I don't remember why they changed it, but they changed it over to uh, racism. She was also commenting on the fact that all of them show their home life and parents except for her, and so hmm. she like felt that was she wasn't getting full attention to her specific character, and she was just talking about things that were going on behind the scenes with blah blah, blah whatever. Uh, but it's just interesting because I, even though the racism wasn't supposed to happen. I am happy that it was in that the movie was shedding a light on it. So I agree with mm -hmm. what you're saying, Brian, but you should yeah. read like a bunch of articles and stuff about like, Oh, definitely. Uh, with yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was, it was, I just watched it. And then y'all in relation to our stuff today, I went back and watched the OG paranormal activity because I have never seen it. Woohoo. So I watched OG Paranormal and then immediately watched Next of Kin afterwards. And what you're like, Ali. what is going on? <laughs> uh, well, they, I mean, the website and reviews and whatever said it's a standalone in the franchise. So yeah. the only common denominator is paranormal activity and found footage thing, which we'll get into all that. Cause I would love to hear your thoughts about the, now 2021 aspect of filming found footage with the addedness of drones and GoPros and <laughs> just so bizarre to me, especially watching the first one and watching this one. Mm -hmm. but before we get into that, we need to do a plot summary of it and I will happily take the bait. <laughs> <laughs> And do this plot summary only because I'll probably get it mixed up with the first one because I can only remember the OG. <laughs> What's the plot? <laughs> oh, okay. You ready? 
I don't know. I don't even know these characters' names. Hold on, let me just find the girl <laughs> name. Margot. No, don't worry about it. It's not important. Girl, <laughs> boy, creepy guy, uh, Amish guy. Is it Margot? Oh. Is, that, is that her name? Maggie. Yeah, Margot. Margo. Okay, Margot okay. Robbie. Ready? <laughs> Ready? Mm-hmm. Go. So we open up in this found footage film of this girl named Margot who was apparently dropped off at a hospital at birth. And so she's trying to find her family. She gets in touch with someone who is part of her uh, biological roots. And she realizes that it's like this Amish family. So she's like, I want to learn more about my family. And she goes to this Amish like farm plantation. I don't know this place. And she's just trying to do a documentary. So that's where the found footage comes in. She just wants to do a documentary about her uh, blood relatives and what, what their lives were. And so everything was fine and dandy until like supernatural things start happening in the farm. And there are people with red lights going to these churches, making sacrifices to things. She like tries to figure out what that is all about. There's a moment where she's like sleeping, but then the people come and grab her and like she's screaming, but everyone else is asleep in the room. Nobody wakes up to help her. That was really weird. And then she wakes up the next day. There's like blood everywhere. And so they're trying to figure out what's going on, but apparently it's something. One minute. <clears throat> the family is not Amish. It's a cult. And they were sacrificing this uh, line of family, the females, to this demon so that their crops and stuff could be like healthy. And so they actually found her because she was next in line to be like sacrificed and so that the demon could be inside of her. And so uh, some more things happen. She finds the demon, they kill the demon, and then all of the cult like burns up in flames and they're killing each other because the demon is like now unleashed on everything, but she ends up escaping. Uh, there's some deaths and other things along the way, but that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Seven, <laughs> six, oh, and then five, the guy ends four. up being the demon at the end. <laughs> and he was a hunky demon. <laughs> a very, a very hunky demon. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Good job. Oh, that was God. good. That's the plot. <laughs> I think you understood it more than than you thought you did. Maybe I I had to write literally write down like what the actual cult aspect of it was of like mm-hmm. the white witch that they sought out to help with the crop situation because a demon had, Okay, we'll talk about it. We're going to do it. TVD. Initial thoughts. <laughs> Just initial thoughts on the movie. Either either one of you, if you would like to start. <sighs> I mean, I it like took me a while to get into this movie. Like I like remember turning over to Brian being like, I'm so not engaged in whatever is happening here. Like sh- like none of them were particularly compelling. I don't know why my my mouth is having a really hard time enunciating <laughs> words right now, but that's that's where we're at. Um, like but that. like, no judgment. but but like, I just didn't care. I didn't really care about Margot and like her story. I didn't really care about the fact that you know, like that she was dropped off at this hospital. Like, 
it was really hard to care about her. I didn't really understand why any of these people were like part of this documentary crew and like why they cared. Um, like it, it just, it was like a random group of people all coming together and only like, I don't know, maybe two thirds of the way in, did I actually start to know this, that I was like a lot more engaged and I, and there were moments of like tension, but all in all, I was, I'm pretty disappointed with this, with this one, um, as someone who has seen, and I, and I get that it's a standalone sequel, but like, I really, I, I love the OG paranormal activity. Um, I think it like does something really great with the found footage, like horror film genre. Um, and this, this just feels like very, I mean, it's like overly produced, so it doesn't feel, you know, as as homegrown as the other ones do where they're like over. I mean, they overly emphasize the fact that like they're all recording and like, you know, because the other ones are taking place not in the present, which like this is definitely this is taking place in 2020 or 2021. Like they're wearing face masks. They talk about being vaccinated, which is really interesting. And and like, I'm, I'm curious to know what y'all think about that, but like historically in the other ones, um, in the, in the other paranormal activity, uh, films, they, they all take place like, you know, in the, in the nineties with like VHSs and it's, it definitely feels more of like the like home media type of found footage thing. And then, and there is this like running narrative where it's clear that like the police has, found this foot. It's, it's literally found footage. This is not found footage. This is like, a, a like a college, I don't know, a college age students, like, you know, uh, presentation in film class. Like it just, it's confusing to me. Um, what the point of, of most of this movie is like the first, like 75, 80% of it. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I want to ask you your initial thoughts. And then I do want to get into what you were talking about, Jamie, with the found footage styles and things that uh, worked and didn't work, especially because this is specifically in the time period that we are in. But Brian, your initial thoughts first, and then we'll get into all of that. Okay. I would like to start out with saying that I love the peril verse. Uh, I had never, <laughs> I had never seen any of them. And Jamie was like, Hey, let's sit down and watch all them during the pandemic. Um, and I loved them. They really spooked me. They really frightened me. They, the, those, to me, the, the, these movies are really scary. Like all six of them. Uh, obviously, some are way better than others, but I really enjoyed all of them. Those first three, I think, are spectacular horror movies, like really good. Um, the second and third one are excellent. Um, I, so I really, really, really like them a lot i this movie basically said like fuck down footage we're gonna do whatever the hell we want and i hated that i didn't hate it i didn't hate it because it was i didn't hate it because it looked good i hated it because it was lazy mm. They didn't do something cool with the filming types. They just used them in a non-interesting way. Like, it was just like, well, I guess we want some establishing shots, so we'll use a drone. I, that might be cute to do. 
I don't know. Like it, it, I'll just, we'll just wear a GoPro on our head. Like it didn't feel inventive. It felt a lazy way to like get outside of the confines of like setting up a camera in your house. But that's what was exciting about those things. This just felt like a horror movie that was filmed poorly. You know what I mean? Like I would have rather just been like a weird narrative about like going into like, it, it just didn't have the same effect as the other ones. Um, like what was the point? Like also incorporating COVID, like, what was the point? It had no effect on the plot. It was, it was, they could have easily just, I, I understand why they did it because if you're going to set this in, was it March of 2021 or whatever it was, yes. the dates that were like, if you're going to set this in 2021 and you want it to feel real, you have to do that because mm -hmm. that is how it is going to honestly, I don't know why they just didn't do like a, you're quarantined at home during a pandemic and something is haunting you. That, that is also scary. Just use like ring cameras and things like that. Like, and I know that's a totally different movie, but like, that's where I'm at with this one. I thought that the slow motion was stupid. I thought that <laughs> the drone cameras were funny. I thought that I, the, but to me, the best scene in the movie, one of them is when she's in the room finding those letters and she has the handheld camera and she keeps putting it down or like putting it above the head. Like, I thought that was cool and interesting. Um, also all the guys in these paranormal activity movies are the worst. They're like, we'll just get the battery in the morning. I'm like, no, you go now. You found out that you were led, you were led there. Like you get out of the, of the place. Like these, these guys are so dumb. Um, also, how was the sound changing? Every, like, like something crazy would happen or explosion or someone would get hit and you have that like ringing in your ears. I'm like, how did, how did the sound change? Unless the camera was broken, you know, mm -hmm. like, like how did the sound change? There were a couple of good spooks here and there. I, I just liked the, the jump scares in these movies, but like, man, there were some good sequences, but I was so distracted by the fact that like, this found footage was like, I think someone said like, like a really artsy college kids, like, you know, like NYU project that mm -hmm. like, it just didn't do it for me. I just thought it was so distracting. Um, I, the, the, the paranormal movie activity, the paranormal, the perilverse movies are just <laughs> so clever. The first, like at least three or four in the way that they do things. And like, what is it, Jamie? It's the third one where they do that one where like they turn off the light in the bathroom with the two kids and like with the babysitter or whatnot, like that scene is mm. so good. And they turn it on mm -hmm. and like everything's messed. This movie just didn't do it for me at all. I, I just think there are so many different ways to go about this. And this was just so lazy in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. And just to reiterate some things that stuck out to me, even yeah. in this conversation, what Jamie said about not being invested. When I first started watching this movie, because like I said, again, I watched the OG 2009 Paranormal Activity. And I just want to say, I remember the trailers for that when it was coming out at that time in college. And it was when people were, they were filming the audience members reacting to the mm -hmm. movie. And that was kind of like a newer thing and saying like, this is going to be the scariest movie you've ever seen in your life. Like, you know, all that stuff. And even watching it now, you know, all these years later, I really feel like it holds up, but it's because of how they use found footage and 
if you have had a, a camera in the nineties in, you know, the handhelds and whatever's with the VHS tapes and stuff, there's just something about it being, uh, splotchy, you know, like the cut and paste of it all that is engaging and the not realizing you even have the camera in your hand. Like right now in, you know, 2021, we all have cameras in our pockets. So we know like how we want to film things, how things want to look. And like Jamie said, the, the present, it felt presentational instead of found footage to me. And so everything now, like you can edit something on TikTok, how you can edit stuff on Instagram or with whatever you know, iMovie editing app that you can to make some of the scenes kind of glide more together. Like that's what this movie was. It was like, yes, this is quote unquote found footage, but we're still giving it to you in more of a presentational way, as opposed to the OG paranormals that is really just like a cut and paste, like dry type thing where you really don't know what's happening, what the view is going to be. People are forgetting that the camera is even on. This is more of like, we know exactly what the focus is going to be. So that kind of takes you out of the, the peril verse. You can't really call this a part of it because of how presentational uh, it was. And it took me a while to even get into it. Like Jamie said, uh, because I was like 30 minutes in and I'm like, I'm really not invested in, in what is happening. Also, all of these like professional shots and even some of the shots in the movie, it's like who were filming these? Cause it wasn't like, Oh, the camera dropped and you're seeing something all, you know, on the side or whatever. It's like, no, these are like real shots. Like at the, towards the end when Margot was with the demon and they were in the barn, but the black guy had, you know, been thrown off to the other end. Mm-hmm. They were still shooting. Like the camera was on her face and then the camera was on the, demon's face it's like nobody was filming that you guys just like who <laughs> it was a ghost yes <laughs> so, that was the paranormal activity the, the ghost camera person the ghost has a camera mm-hmm. <laughs> yes wait so, i have a i have a question for you nikisha it for, i uh i think that the boyfriend in the original paranormal activity movie is my least favorite character of all time he's a total asshole absolutely is that the one where he brings the ouija board into the house yes Mm-hmm. I said his name is uh-huh. Micah, and I will never forget Micah and, and Kate. Oh, Micah! Kate, yeah. Oh my God, I hate Mika, him. Micah, Micah. Oh my God. And I literally Jamie was knows. Like, I was yelling at the. That's a movie I yelled at the TV, not because I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Don't bring that in the house." And he's like, he didn't believe her. I was like, and then Jamie and I had like long conversations about like, would you believe me? Like, if this was yes. happening to me, would you? And the answer would be like. Yeah, I would because we're watching this and having this conversation right now. So <laughs> don't cry wolf. Don't cry ghosts. This is a real situation. Like this is real. But also it was the fact that he got the Ouija board after he had experienced the shits with her. Oh. Like yeah. the doors opening and closing and he's still like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's get a Ouija board and figure out what he said. And blah, blah, blah. And then it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Nikisha, what was he like? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's get a Ouija board. Figure out what he said. so infuriating but how they shot it was just genius because you're seeing the camera's facing one way and you're just hearing shit off you know 
out, yeah, out of yeah. this that's not in camera view and it's more realistic <clears throat> than what this was. And talk about the fucking slow-mo shots in this. It's like, who took the time to change this into slow-mo? Yeah, who found this footage, footage and edited it beautifully away. together? <laughs> yeah, like Martin and, Scorsese found this footage. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we want to make this so... 2021 2020 like and you're also bringing up tiktok <laughs> as well it's like you got a tiktok let me see all that, of made, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that made me laugh but like if they wanted to like up i mean because i get it they've been like updating them like they there's one of them where um <clears throat> they feature like the xbox connect if you're familiar with the mm-hmm. it's like the motion tracking thing yeah. and it uses all of these like lights like i don't know if it's infrared or whatever whatever it is but like when the light you can see it in the camera when the thing is turned on when the connect is on trying to capture a body moving and uh, yeah. they're filming it and so you see all the dots spread out all over the room. And then all of a sudden you see like things moving, but there isn't anybody cool. in there. So like, yeah. that's like a clever effect where if you want to modernize like the found footage, but it still feels home movie ish compared to this, which is like, you know, <laughs> again, this 19 year old has a budget of like, like $10,000 to make this. Absolutely. Did you see all that equipment? There was so much equipment. (laughs) So many different cameras, so many different things. Those shot, those insert shots of like him looking at his, like his drone controller or like, just like, 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 Oh, he, he might as well just said like, I wonder if my drone is working above us. And like, like, (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) But it's, it's what, it's like you said to have all of this stuff in, it should be for a purpose. Like, don't just throw in, like you could have just had people in the masks and not like outright beat it in our face with dialogue to know that Mm -hmm. this is set in that particular time period. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, that you're in an airport and the only comment that could, they could have made is just like, Oh, I'm in an airport. Oh, I got to put my mask on. That's like literally it. There was no need to be like vaccines and blah. Yeah. I got COVID five times. (laughs) oh my god that guy that that was he was the worst like he was just written off like everything it was just awful i don't know it was so cringy i i had such a hard time anytime that he like literally anytime he spoke like i don't know what they were thinking when they wrote this character it was just like let let's have him say the absolute most random shit uh, every time he opens up his mouth and also let's appropriate the Amish culture and have him like cut his hair and for <laughs> 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 why uh, I have a question yes Jamie can you so the plot of this movie is that she's trying to find her like where she comes from like yes and it just goes can you awry. raise your hand to ask this question <laughs> yeah I did I did I didn't even know that <laughs> This um, is not a visual media, Brian. Yes, yes, yes. So my my question for you is kind of like someone looking for like more information, especially with that video that is probably like deeply traumatic. Um, like the trauma that she maybe feels from knowing that video. She she obviously grew up very loved by her adoptive parents, but she wanted to know more. Like, I guess talk about like that state of mind with her going into this. And then like, at what point do you just like, call it quits and be like, I am really happy that I uh, was dropped off away from this wackadoo place. Like, yeah. be like, she, she like, I got to find answers in this hole. 
Like, I would probably not want to find answers in that hole in a church in the middle of the woods. Um, so can you elaborate on a little bit of like <laughs> the, the mindset you need to be in to like do all of those things and the list I just made? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I de- like, you know, as much as they attempted to incorporate um, like adoption and, and like, you know, connect, reconnecting to birth families as the core in this film. Um, yeah. Like I, to the degree that I understand, I'm not adopted, um, but like understanding that there is this like sense of, of not belonging and to like wanting to find her biological mom in order to like know more about like where she comes from and like who she is and her identity. And I think that sometimes like that's something that can come up for folks who, who are adoptive, who haven't, who like were given up for adoption as, as like newborns, as very young children who don't have that connection to their biological families that they want to know more about where they came from. They want to know about like, you know, why were they given up for adoption? Um, because like, again, it's, uh, I think there can be a core feeling of abandonment that's, that develops, that stems from that. And so like wanting to know more about like the context and, and so like, I think they go more with that of like, what's the context of why she was given up. And then that's kind of how we get like the story of the, (laughs) the demon who apparently wait, (laughs) <laughs> Did you know that the demon is Toby? I saw that on a wiki thing. What is- that's the only place that I'm seeing it. And Toby, and, and I don't think they mention it at all, Nikisha, but mm-hmm. maybe they do in the first one. I really can't remember. Um, but Toby becomes like a more central, they, they start to uh, expand on the, paranormal entity in the peril verse in the, in the other films. And like Toby is his, is what they call him. And, Uh, but like his name is Asmodeus parentheses, Toby from, from the book of Tobit, which apparently is a thing. Um, But I didn't know that Toby was a thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. They don't mention that in the first one, but I definitely saw it in the wiki and I was like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole at 2 a.m. So I'm just not going to fire. But yeah. So like, I, I get why there's this like strong desire for her to figure out where she comes from even. And like, even with, I, I think it's important that you also mentioned that she, it's clear that she had, well, to the extent that they like give us some background details, but that we, we assume that she comes from like a very loving family that adopted her. And so despite it's, it's like, despite that, like she has that connection to a family that loves her. There's still this sense of like an, uh, something that feels unresolved because she's trying to figure out more of where she came from and more of like, what what led her mom to you know abandon her at this hospital door um but that's that's the deepest that i can yeah from so to add on to that i have a separate question but in relation to what you were just talking about with being able to find a blood relative to kind of get a sense of your family and like traits and genes and whatever the case may be what if you have a child that doesn't have access to any of that or, you know, 
they can't find any kind of blood relatives. All they have are their foster. And we can, uh, I'll, we can assume that they still grew up in a, uh, a good and a nice family home. And, and, you know, when they were adopted, but how would someone who is yearning to find that, but can't like, how could they be treated to kind of fill that void? If that makes sense, I guess, since they don't have like a direct line to go to, like, but they're still feeling these feelings of, you know, where did I come from and all of the things, like, how can they cope with that feeling? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think with, um, with things like ancestry and, uh, 23 and me, I was like DNA.com. I was just making up something in my head. Um, but like things like that, that even if there isn't any like living relative for them to, or like any information about how to find a living relative that, you know, now they're, now we have the technology where people can at least learn more about like the things that, you know, help make them up. But I think that also is still not quite meeting that same, like, defining characteristic of like, where do I come from? Um, that I imagine folks can still like struggle with, again, like with feelings of abandonment and, um, you know, having that be a bit unresolved if they're not able to reconnect. But I think, I think so much of it definitely can be mitigated by like having a a family that is like, you know, treating you, you know, no differently. Like they're treating you like their biological child and, um, and like supporting you and giving you that love and attention and and care. Um, and I think that that can help. And also like therapy um, to like talk through some of those unresolved feelings and, um, and, and like explore what might still be like a hang up for them, something that they might not be able to process because they don't have access to that biological connection. Okay. And on the kind of opposite side of that, So the mother was trying to get out of the community for whatever reasons, you know, demons and such. Mm -hmm, Toby. But there, Toby just on the way. Toby, I forgot about my man, Toby. We spent so much time with Toby. (laughs) So much. Uh, But there are people who have been a part of like cults and or, you know, communities that they were exclusive communities, like maybe an Amish community or, or of the like that they are trying to get out of. How would you treat someone who was breaking free from that kind of community? Yeah. And I think we, I, I mean, we've been recording so many episodes, so I can't remember all the things that we've touched on, but I think we talked about cults before and just like, the, I mean, we talked about like the trauma that can come from it. Um, and I'm not a cult expert, but, um, I mean, it's, it's, I imagine just like that transition from being in such an insular, insular community. Um, and, and like, I mean, they talk about like the rum spring, a, a little bit too with, um, whatever that guy who was stalking her. Um, like nobody's names really stick out to me in the entirety of this movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, like the, this idea of like, you know, a a brief period where people, I mean, like that's, that's different too, because it's like, they're, they're going to return back into the community, but they get to experience like other things outside of their community. But, um, but like leaving, I mean, I, again, not an expert on cults or like 
specific cults either, but the very basic Googling and like Reddit rabbit holing that I've done is that like, it's uh, most of the time folks seem to be like completely shut out once they leave. And so like the idea of not being able to return the idea of like losing access to like, there might be people who are not at, at the same level where like they want to disengage and, and shut you out and excommunicate you, but like, because they're a part of it, they have to. And so, um, like being cut off from, from everything that, you know, I imagine is incredibly difficult and a lot of like unlearning that might have to come after like, you know, being, being taught certain things that, that, yeah, like that might not long, might, no longer apply or might not make sense now that they've left and, and just like processing like a great period of transition, um, I imagine would be like incredibly difficult. Yeah. I can't imagine that always just reminds me. I, and we did talk about this when, on the lodge episode mm-hmm. because that Thank was you. the cult adjacent. <laughs> that just always makes me think like people who would want to get out of that situation, but now you really are on your own figuring it out for yourself and you don't really have a a sense of support or people helping you. It's like, where can you go for Mm. help? Like what would even be the first place you went, you know, like, yeah, I I do know, like, because like I had mentioned Reddit, because there are a lot of communities on there that are, uh, geared towards like folks who are leaving certain, um, religious communities, um, like former Mormons and former Scientologists who are, who like are able to connect with each other. And so like, I think that there are more online communities that can help people because it's like other people who have been through the same exact situation who like have that insight and awareness that like, like, I, I don't know what it's like to like leave the Mormon church. I don't know. Like, I don't have that, uh, understanding and wouldn't begin to like try to, and uh, like, not, not in a rude way, but like, I don't want to like assume anything. And so like knowing that there are folks out there who like have done this and, and like being able to connect in that way, I think is incredibly meaningful. Cause again, like, as I've said before, I think support and like having, having people and relationships, like just play such a huge role in, in mental health and wellness. And so like, even if you're finding other folks who've been through the same experience as you, then you have that like built in understanding and empathy, um, and like validation for, for what you're trying to do and, and hopefully can also help you like navigate some of the more difficult things in, in having just left those communities. Yeah. Uh, So this is more of like a a deeper dive question for me, (laughs) but we've talked about your stint as being a part of the foster or working with the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And in this instance, you know, we already, Margot is aware that her mother has passed, I guess. I don't know if we, because she didn't find out in the movie, right? That she was dead. Wasn't wasn't her mom, her mom. Oh, the demon. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what happened in this movie. This movie, man. I, I mean, there's that one beautifully shot scene where it's like, Mom, mother? don't mother? attack me or whatever. Right. Or in a well. <laughs> but Mommy. she, but did she go in trying to f- 
find her mother or just find, I guess that's my question. Like, was she going in trying to see if she could find her mother or was she just trying to get acquainted with her blood relatives? I think it was the latter at first, but then that creepy girl playing with the dolls was like, she's still here and she fucking hates you. That scene I liked. I liked that scene. (laughs) Well, that's okay. Sorry. That wasn't even my question. It was like, what? That's rude. Creepy girl. And left her doll behind. I literally was to say, and here's my doll. (laughs) Here's my creepy doll (laughs) as a parting gift uh, Mm. for telling you your mother hates you. So with the foster care uh, system, I guess my question is, can you run through kind of the rules of contact when someone is adopted and trying to contact like, I mean, in the most general sense, because I like know nothing uh, of that sort. Um, I know you can do like a, a closed adoption or an open. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm less familiar with it too, because at the point, like the point that I was in the foster care system was like, um, well, I also, I worked with like older youth. Um, and so most of them were preparing for like independent adulthood. Uh, yeah. So like 16 to eight to 16 to like 19. Um, right. cause in New York you can continue to, you could choose to stay in foster care after once you turn 18. Um, but I think like at the point, like if a, if a parent wants to give up their child, like let's say, um, you know, somebody's giving birth. And then like at that point, that's when they decide that they are like, you know, they've decided that that's what they want to do. Um, an open adoption means that, uh, like that they have access to the child more or less. That's my understanding. And so like the child can contact them, the adoptive parents can contact the bio parent. Um, and yeah, there's like, Oh, like sometimes you hear about situations where like the adoptive parents will send holiday photos or birthday photos to the bio parents and things like that. So like there can be this communication, but they, but the, the child can find out like very easily who their parent is with a closed adoption. The bio parent is basically saying like, I do not want to be contacted. Um, and like, I don't want them to like know who I am. Um, so it's a bit, it's like, you know, a lot more like rigid and and closed off. At least that's my understanding of it. And if by chance, so in this situation in the movie, the mom just drops her off at a hospital or, Mm -hmm. you know, with no information, I'm assuming. So like, how is this girl able to find her mom? I mean, I can see like the mom being able to try to track the girl, but vice versa. Like, does that seem realistic or... No. Uh, I mean, well, I guess in this particular movie, it sounds like the evil cult people found her, um, in her, while she was trying to find her mom, like they found her, but I, I, again, like, I don't even, I don't know. Um, I mean, sometimes you hear about things where like people have left newborns in like at police stations or fire stations. Um, sometimes you hear about like the one-off where, you know, they're left in like other public places and it's really awful. Um, but I mean, then you have things like video surveillance, like basically like we see in this movie and like, sometimes they're able to find people, um, other times they're not. And like, clearly she had done enough research to figure out that her mom was like quote dead. Um, but unclear about like how she was able to 
get like gather any of this information outside of like how the cult ended up finding her. Okay. Yeah. It's just curious. Cause it's like how, I mean, I know she did, they mentioned in the movie, she did a 23 in me and me, mm-hmm. by the way, have I think that I've never done it. I, I feel a little weird about like giving up my DNA, but, um, <laughs> Like, <laughs> now that other people shouldn't do it. And I think that yeah. there's been like a lot of really interesting, I mean, like, isn't that how they saw, um, uh, they've like started solving cases, like cold cases with 23 and me DNA. It's like wild. No um, way. but I think like, I think it's really interesting. And like, obviously the more people that do it, the more people have been able to connect. And I, th- I, I really think that that's made like a significant difference in, in how people are able to like find family members. And then like <laughs> that, and not that I'm like ever promoting Facebook, but I do think that that's like another way where people have been able to like find family and like long lost relatives and things like that. And so like using, using technology to be able to to connect in ways that like we you know couldn't in the last in like 20 years before or whatever but um it's it's really like that I think is really interesting um but yeah I don't know it's it's it scares I mean, me a little bit I don't I don't know what I would find out I don't know if I want to <laughs> Also that some things are just, you know, better unknown. Ignorance can be bliss in, in this uh, situation, but yeah, definitely they need the technology. That's why the, the Amish cult people had that computer because they mm-hmm. weren't going to be able to find her without any of that information, which is really crazy and strange. Brian, have you done 23 Me? You have not? I have no interest. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> I kind of want to know. And then sometimes I'm just like, eh, it's mm. okay. Yeah. It's fine. But um, I did like when she found the computer in the back of the closet. Yes. <laughs> Are you just saying randomly, like when you liked little scenes? Yeah, I think there were good moments in this movie. <laughs> Wait, okay. So then let's talk about the dumbest decisions that were made. What do you think was like a top dumb decision? Of them. Oh, the hole. No. The yeah, hole. the oh, hole. Yeah. Why would Not you go? go? Why would you go? This... Why would you go in that hole? Sorry. This is I'm a great so mad about it. That's a good song. Why would you go? Why would you go? Why would you go <laughs> on you that go hole? Uh I would I think the dumbest decision was this the second that they found out that she that they were like they brought her there that they were like grooming her, like whatever, like they should have left to meet You don't, you don't sleep at your kidnappers house one more night. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you, you go to town, you leave, like you do something, but like, that's like, to- like that doesn't make any sense to me at all. No. Also when they did get the battery, but then they split up. So like the crazy guy went to go put the battery in the car while the other guy was trying to get Margo. And it's like, why don't y'all like both put the battery in the car, go drive over. Yeah. Agree. Drive out of there. (laughs) But, and also just how did you feel about the whole, just the whole whole explanation? Well, the whole, the whole, the uh, (laughs) cult explanation at the end, because it all just came very quickly about exactly what was happening whatever that was with the demon 
like that the demon, like that they needed the demon to stay within this family bloodline. And if not, then the demon would make people attack each other. Like it wanted bloodlust or something. Yeah, because it's like one of the kings of hell or something, which reminded me of uh, Hebron. a.k.a. Asmodeus, is a prince of demons or the king of the earthly spirits, mm. known from the Book of Tobit. Oh, he, re- he represents lust. Oh, well, there you go. But, <laughs> I mean, I was so uninterested in there weren't enough spooks in this movie for me to care about what was happening Uh, and like the spooks were not related directly to that they were the other paranormal activity movies the spooks are directly related to like what these entities are this one i felt like it was like one step away from it what it was because it was locked in the hole or whatever like I, i i don't know there was just like it just didn't click and and i didn't care enough about all that stuff because i i already like didn't care i didn't care so it, yeah. i didn't it didn't make me care more to give me more things yeah it was like the the og paranormal was a slow rise of tension and what's happening and going on and the focus was simple it's just this couple trying to figure out what's going on and it just this one had added so many different levels and factors to try to be mm-hmm. and scary but it just didn't work it was just too busy just keep too it much simple happening. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You gotta, yes. you definitely, you definitely have to watch. I would highly suggest keep going with the original ones. Like two, okay. three, four, five, six. That's how numbers. Good counting. <laughs> Thank you. You know, listen, Perilverse, I, I, you gotta get the numbers out fast before the day get you, you know? Oh my God. I mean, I will, like, in watching, I can only think about the first one because I still feel oh, cringy about it. It was just so well done and it wasn't even like super scary it was just so much tension yeah like drives you crazy it's like when is something gonna happen it's just silence and then but but the release of the tension in that is very satisfying in that like there's so much tension that you don't feel like you've been like left out to dry like the attention happens and like that's also a, a like a a good quality of the original one yeah but should we should we see what they rated this one? Oh mm-hmm. God! Uh huh. All right, Run Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score for this moving picture is? Thirty-five. Jamie. Eighteen. What? It is a 21 blackjack. Um, <laughs> paranormal activity next of kin gives the long running found footage franchise a new level of visual polish. Unfortunately, effective scares are few and far between. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Just too much happening. The last note that I put when I was taking notes on this was just random movie. Yeah, it, this feels like a movie that was written and they were like, why don't we make this a paranormal activity movie? Like, it doesn't feel like it was written as a paranormal activity movie. Mm. Absolutely. Yes, 
I agree with that. They could have called it anything else. Anything else. We literally could have named this movie anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while we're here, do you want to guess the original Paranormal Activity score? Oh, yeah. I think I saw it, but I'm going to guess anyway. Um, I'm going to say 90. Jamie? 79. Jamie's killing it. It's an 83. Work. Using its low-budget effects and mockumentary method to get great results, Paranormal Activity turns a simple haunted house story into 90 minutes of relentless suspense. Mm. Wait, can you do like you did uh, the Halloween movies and say the order of the, the Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Okay, so uh, they, they don't have a list here, so I have to kind of do it manually. Um, okay. This is, okay, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which is the one just before this, uh, has a 14%. Oh. Then this one has a 21%. Uh-huh. Then Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, which is the fifth one, has a 39%. And then Paranormal Activity 4 has a 23%. So that's, I flipped those. Um, the fourth one they're saying is, the, is, is not as good as this fifth one. And then it's Paranormal Activity 2 is a 58%. Paranormal Activity 3 is a 66%. And then the original one is the highest with 83%. Yeah, you just can't outdo an original idea. Uh, the third one's really, really good. So is the second one, but the third one's the third one's with the little girls, and then the second one is the sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kate's sister is the is the lead of the second one, nice. and then the third one is Kate and her sister as kids. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then the fourth one is totally unrelated, but it's still Toby. And like, and then the, it ties back in. Oh, no, no. Sorry. The fourth one is uh, like the adopted Katie. son. Yeah. And then the fifth one, the marked ones, is the one with um, like totally unrelated, but then they try to relate it. And then Ghost the Dimension. G- Ghost Dimension, I, I do not remember. Okay. Also pretty unrelated, but they try to relate it. Yeah, at the end. All I can think about, even uh, in watching it. And that is the Perilverse. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Uh, Have y'all seen the, so I know y'all seen the scary movies, Wayans Brothers, but have you seen the Haunted House subsection of, because those focus around just making fun of paranormal activity. (laughs) and it's there's so fantastic. many things that's all i can think about in watching some of that footage it was like this is they tie in so many things but it's all found both haunted because there's a haunted house too both of them are found footage uh mm. things and it's the most hilarious thing ever so if you need a a palate cleanser mm. just watch one of those but <laughs> Fantastic. Are we going to do the full S's? Let's do it. 
processes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> okay, the four S's stands for skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. Um, we rank them from one to ten. Um, so let's start with skulls about mental health as well as human behavior. How well do you think it dealt with this on a scale of one to ten? Nikisha, you go. I'm going to say a two. A two. Just Jamie. I'm going to say a one because no human who has a brain in their skull would go <laughs> in a hole to find their mom. Yeah. I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a one as well, because uh, you leave as soon as you find out that you've been like, like if I was invited to someone's house and they were like, Oh, we've been emailing about you for months and now you're here. I'd be like, peace out. Goodbye. Um, all right. Scares. Did it make oh. you jump? Did it get you ever? Maybe there was like one time. So I'll give it another two. All right. Jamie. Um, I think I'll give it a three. Uh, there were some, there were some like jumpy moments. I definitely know this feeling a lot more tense towards the end. Yeah. I'll give it a four. These movies get me like, I'm just a sucker for jump scares. Like yeah. Jamie knows that. Yeah. I jumped. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, shakes. Are you going to remember this one? Are you going to forget this one? We we don't even know the names of the people. Yeah, that's a great point. Is that a, what's that? A zero, a one, yeah, a zero. Jamie. Yeah, zero. I already forgot it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give it a one because of how ridiculous the quote found footage was. Like, I'll remember <laughs> that choice. Actually, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I will remember the the stupid slow mo and GoPro and drone shots. Right. No, I already right. forgot. I forgot about the drone shots. I only remember the slow mo. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, suggestions. Oh, of course, OG paranormal activity. Yeah, I mean that's also, a really good one. Yes, but also like Blair Witch Project, another found footage moment, and as above, so below. <laughs> like another good found footage moment. I've heard of that film. Below, so above. So below as a below again. We're still below. <laughs> Get us out. Below. We're still below. Because it's in a hole. Because they go through the hole. So. I, no. Oh, man. Uh-huh. That last scene is really good in that movie. Um, <laughs> Jamie, you got any suggestions? I have a lot. Wait, you go first because I have many. All right. I'm just going to say one of the better found footage movies we've seen in a long time is Host. Mm-hmm. Uh that zoom movie made during the pandemic is a spec. It's like, it's like an hour. It is. We watched it on shutter. I believe it is spectacular. It is a, it is a really, really, really good uh, found footage movie. So I'm going to say host. Mark. Um, so I have a bunch. Um, Nikisha already said Blair, Witch, which was one of mine um, mm-hmm. for another, uh, like shaky cam, like great shaky cam found footage, a movie close to my heart, Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you want to start to transition into both found footage E type movie and family related movie, might I suggest The Visit? Um, really wacky. Um, if we oh, go more, if we go more into the just family 
dynamics and, um, and adoption, I got three, uh, before I wake Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, orphan what a wild ride. If you haven't seen that wild, um, and they're making a sequel, I'm pretty sure. A sequel Stop. prequel. Yeah. So I don't know, something like that. Um, and then the last one I'm going to go with OG horror movie, um, I'm surprised that we haven't like talked that much about it actually, but the omen. Mm, Adopted. Great one. Oh, Damien. Oh, Damien. Cool. Work. That's that's it. All righty. Next of. of... Wait, what's the song, Brian? Do you remember? No, like don't go down the hall. Don't go down the hall. It's a bad idea to go down the hall. I don't remember. Stay away from holes. Oh my God. Great. Stay well, away from holes. Stay away, hashtag stay away from holes. <laughs> that wraps up paranormal activity next of kin. Thank you guys for listening to us. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the TikToks. Yeah. Woohoo. At talk at talk horror pod P O D. Look at our TikTok for various reactions and responses to random movies that we watch during the week and TV shows and such. We also have a radio play out. Brian, do you want to talk about that? Oh yeah. If you go to our feed, you'll see Moonlight Falls, the woods uh, that I wrote. It's a little 13 minute, 13, uh, a 13 minute uh, little uh, spooky story. Um, that Nikisha so uh, kindly lends her voice to. And it is, it's just a fun little spooky, spooky ditty for you to listen to. And um, we're going to hopefully be doing some more of that uh, in between seasons and things like that. But that was a nice little Halloween surprise for everyone. So you can just find it right in our feed. Um, It's right there. So uh, enjoy it. Yes. And where can they listen to all of us? Oh, yeah. You can find those things by going to things like Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, happy belated Halloween. Yes. Halloween's great. Halloween is really great. And listen to our podcast so you can stay spooky all year long. That's right. Mm -hmm. All of the things. We're just doing our best. We're just hashtag doing our best now <laughs> post spooky season, but I'm sure we'll have a lot of other great things. Yeah. There's up. some really good stuff coming out. Like in January, there's uh scream five. And then there's some cool stuff coming out. Like, I think we're going to try and do ghostbusters this month. And uh, uh, there's another one uh, that looks good, but we'll get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys signing off with, Don't go down the hole. Don't go down the (laughs) hole. Don't go down the hole.